Okay, twice in one week. Uh, I'm in LA. I'm not in Vegas. I'm going to go to Vegas Sunday, I believe. I'm going to leave Sunday. I'm road tripping with uh, somebody from LA. And then I am going to hang out there for a couple of days and watch some hoops. So I figured, you know, all those times you'd be like, oh, I should do this. I, I, at that point, I probably would admit there's certain off seasons like this would be the first time I'd finally get to travel because that window of mid July to late August is really the only time during the radio show where I get to travel. So, um, you know, since it's a little more convenient, it's just a couple days and still there's so many things wrong with my house. Uh, I don't know if I even want to get into it anymore. It's kind of boring and repetitive, but maybe we'll give you a minute update on that. Um, Taylor Twelman is going to join us. We're going to talk World Cup and a little bit more about Taylor, if you didn't know about him. He and I were in Boston at the exact same time. We should have been friends because we get along so well now, so we joke about it all the time. But I had really nothing to offer. My radio show stunk. Uh, I bartended and no one liked me. And uh, late 20s, me, post-Burlington, wasn't a great dude, didn't have any money. And the slight touch, little neighborhood that I had maybe with somebody of... You know, you could look back. Now, I was probably such a jerk then that I'd be like, MLS dude, New England Re- Revolution? Like, no. I'd rather hang out with John Brickett. So, anyway, uh, Twelman's one of my favorite dudes. He's going to join us as soon as he gets on with Sports Center. How about Belgium, Saruti? Sup? Didn't see that one coming, to be honest with you. Didn't you? I'm not a big fan. You're not a fan of Belgium? No. Um, Why? It has to do with my club team and guys that they've left off their roster, and you know, people. I, I like so some of their players, but um, I was rooting for Brazil to be honest with you. You were rooting for Brazil. Interesting. Yeah, I can get over the Neymar antics because it doesn't offend me as much because we make fun of him when he does it. But um, yeah, I don't know. I was Twelman when he was on with uh, with us earlier in the week was saying that he thought Belgium was going to get blown out three nothing. So this is, I mean, it's definitely surprising. Right, um, and I I think my De Bruyne. Love his is not out of nowhere today. I did do a soccer tweet uh, during it, and it was before his goal. And I just feel like I don't know. He just like the whole thing about oh, you don't know anything about class. soccer. I, I'll admit, yeah, class is my favorite thing. And then people don't realize that I'm kidding. Um, if I watch soccer religiously for an hour, I would figure it out. Okay, I would go, hey, that guy's good. That guy isn't. Okay, it's, it's still sports. So if I've done this for That'd my entire be a funny like show to do of like okay non guy guys who don't watch soccer watch watch one match and tell me who's good on the field and who's not because I actually somehow I I feel like it would be mixed. You don't think that I could do if I did a year of watching soccer religiously like super into it reading all the stuff I still want to know who soccer's woge is and follow him. Um, you don't think I would kind of like a after year, a while? Yes. Yeah, a year. I'm saying a year. I'm not. I'm not going to say a weekend. You know, because there's stuff going on that I don't, you know, I, I admit it. I, you know, any soccer tweet I've ever sent out, other than if it's a joke, I'm doing it with the, like when I sent out the De Bruyne thing, I said, you know, he just, he looks like he sees the game differently. And on his goal, which was so hilarious about it, this, the, the second goal for Belgium today was that it reminded me a little Steve Nash. Steve Nash used to get wide open layups because when he would drive, everybody would scatter to all of his teammates to try to get in the way of a passing lane or contest a shot. So because of Nash's vision, it actually led to easier drives for him later on in his career. And the way Brazil defended De Bruyne on that, that goal was that. Like they played to defend a pass and then he had a clear shot at it. So I was able to figure that out and I haven't been in Hartwell since I was five. That's actually a pretty good, like, you know, comparison. He is, like, I think he's like a Chris Paul, Steve Nash type. And it's a, it's a, it's a great, I mean, the only thing is, 
you know, Belgium has a bunch of nasty players. Like, like Hazard's awesome. I'm not a huge Lukaku fan, but he's really awesome. Okay, Lukaku, let's talk about Lukaku a bit. Because I don't, like, again, just watching today, everybody was saying how amazing he is. Eh, yeah, I was indifferent at times. I, I've been a known critic. Um, wow. Yeah, I'm not, not a huge fan. Because my thing with Lukaku is he'll score when you're up 2 nothing, 3 nothing, or down 2 nothing or 3 nothing. But he never scores any big goals ever. He didn't do it for United this year. He never did it for Everton. And that was why I was like, you know, go ahead and leave for 100 million euro. Do whatever you want. Um, he did have a nice, that dummy run he had when against Japan was really nice. It set up the game-winning goal. And he did have a nice pass to De Bruyne to set up that goal today. But I'm, 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 not, gonna, I'm not willing to change my mind off of two games. Okay, that's that's fair. Because it seems like soccer Twitter loves him. Uh, physically, he's super impressive. Yeah, he's a beast. He's around the ball all the time because he seems like he's on the attack. First touch, so, not not world class, not class. I agree. I like to say. Um, <laughs> I, know, I mean, I, I don't know. People were like, Frank Isola, I think, got really defensive of him today. And I was like, wow. Interesting. But again, you know, I'm not going to say like, hey, dude, I think you're overrating him a bit. Is he, he's not FIFA's Jeff Green. Like, we're not going to go that far. Oh, no, no, right, no, no, right. no. He, no. Oh, oh, get, get back to me. I'll think of a good comparison for him. Uh, no, let's do this right now. I'm just trying to, I mean, put me on the spot. All right. Because um, you have to, you have to like factor in style of play impact wise. And then also, as you're saying, you think, cause there were, I just remember when I would be super locked into baseball, there'd be guys be like, sweet, you get three RBIs when the score was five to one in the eighth, you know? Um, there are certain players in the NBA. How about this? In the, the year. Go ahead. DeRozan. Ooh. In that right. he's, he's good at certain things, but he, he's missing parts of his game that are never going to make him an elite player. Okay. I like it. All right. Let's do this. Um, we'll save the rest of the soccer for Twelman. Uh, but I like what we just did there. I feel good. I feel proud. If we cut the podcast right now, I'd go ahead and do a live read and say we're out. Enjoy the weekend. But I think people want more than that. I'm going to give you the backstory to Boogie Cousins, to Golden State, based on what I've been able to put together. And living out here in L.A. and the the, the LeBron stuff. And, I, man, it is, it's just so interesting to hear, like, all the different voices of – and there is so much – and I know I said a lot of this on Monday, but there's just so much of the, oh, yeah, this is this was done. This is done for a year. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But I'll admit the Kawhi-wise, I don't – I don't have great intel on that. I just don't. I think Woj is the guy to listen to because I think he is so plugged in. There's certain things when I read a Woj piece that has to do with the Spurs and Kawhi, like when Woj will leave off a player, when Lonzo Ball's never mentioned in the price there, that's them. That I believe that's the Spurs and Popovich relaying the message that that's not somebody that they want. I, did I say that on Monday, by the way, or no? I don't remember. About the Woj piece. Speaking of not remembering what we did on Monday, Boogie Cousins to the Warriors, and then everybody on Twitter, everybody's rounding up. But a lot of people saying that I bet you that Boogie wouldn't go to the Warriors. Yeah, I they thought screwed we, it up. Yeah, we were we were betting on Dwight Howard to the Warriors. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I get why you'd confuse the two, but um, I yes. don't. <laughs> it was amazing because when the Boogie thing happened, then it was like, oh my God. And then guys were just heckling me left and right. And I go, look, I got the Paul George thing. And I DM Slam Magazine. I let them know how I feel about them. They have not gotten back to me still five days later. Uh, all right, so let's do Boogie Cousins of the Warriors. I, uh, like few people, and I don't know if this is me. Maybe I'm the annoying one, and I'm not in on the joke. I just don't, like when everybody gets together and it's this one thing, and then it's this just anarchy 
bells going off. Like, oh my God. All right. Like, I'll just name names. Adam Schefter. Oh, cancel the 2018, 2019 season. Come on, dude. You tweeted there was 60 minutes in NBA game once. All right. Like, just like everybody feels like, Hey, I have a following. So I got to make sure I get in on the joke and I've got to do this whole warriors. This is ridiculous. Jay Williams saying that, that Adam Silver needs to investigate this. Okay. Here's what people need to investigate. What Boogie Cousins did. So Boogie Cousins in this report that he didn't have any other offers, that's kind of true, but it's also a little misleading. If I'm selling a house and I put it on Zillow and the realtor calls and says, hey, it's been up on Zillow and here's the offer. Do you want to sell it? I would go, okay, fine. Now, would I be accurate in saying I didn't get any other offers? Yeah, but I didn't really wait it out. And Boogie didn't wait out the process. Boogie was really upset because of a bunch of different factors. Okay, Dallas was supposed to be in on him. Dallas went for DeAndre Jordan because they're still mad about three years ago. Okay, done. And by the way, Dallas has no, like they are, we're competing, we're going to the playoffs, we're figuring this whole thing out. That's why they traded the pick. Like they don't want to rebuild at all. Like, And there's just people, there's organizations and now rebuild, like if a word is used long enough, even if it's accurate, if it's used, I'm talking about not just sports, in general, in life, if a word is used too much, then all of a sudden people will then just want to eliminate the word from our lexicon. They'll just think, oh, well, you know, that that's not what we're doing here. Okay, so fine. Dallas, they're not rebuilding. So that's one place. Uh, no boogie cousins. Phoenix was rumored to be in with all their cap space. Well, they just picked up DeAndre Ayton, number one overall pick. And I think the Ariza signing for them is terrific and it actually hurts Houston a lot. So they're out of it. Okay. So that's, that's two other spots. The Lakers dragged their feet. I don't know what was going on there because I really think LeBron, look, he's always like boogie cousins and we'll get to this Lakers roster here in a bit, but you know, I don't know if it was the Lakers hoping to have some sort of protection on a second year because if you're a team bringing boogie in this year, and you may have a different timetable medically than, say, another organization, and you think you're only getting them for half the year and you're not really sure how good you're going to be, then you may think, you know what, let's do a one and then a team option or something like that. And Boogie's thinking, no, 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 dude, I need to rehab my whole deal. I need to look healthy. I need to rehab my image. And then I need to go back as a free agent in 2019. So I understand his part of it. They're also, as Zach Lowe has pointed out, as I've said it, I mean, look, you're going to listen to Zach more than me because he's a writer, and that's fine. You should. He's awesome. But Teams have a no boogie cousins rule that they go, you know what? We don't really want to do this. So having said all that, where Phoenix is gone, Dallas is gone. Boston had interest from what I heard, but by the time Boston was like, wait a minute, is there a chance we could get boogie cousins at the $5 million mid level? Then the deal with Golden State was already done. So Golden State looked at it this way from what I can understand is that Golden State Never thought that Boogie Cousins was going to do something like this. They never thought the market for him was going to be five million. Now, granted, the media and all of us talking about certain numbers for guys, and Boogie was a really hard guy to figure out. Is New Orleans going to keep him around for one year in big money? Will somebody else throw a ton of money at him for one year? Like some people were wondering if he was going to get one year twenty million. And I'm like, man, that's a lot in a year where it's really stressed cap wise from all these different teams. But New Orleans was kind of dragging their feet. So Boogie got upset with them. He didn't think the Lakers are figuring it out, and there wasn't a strong a market for him if he were strictly just an all-star center coming off an injury. He's an all-star center coming off an injury, which is a bad injury, by the way, with the Achilles, who also has a lot of teams that go, you know, we can do it. If you're a rebuilding team with young, impressionable guys with no core vets that kind of figure this thing out, and I think, unfortunately for Boogie, that's never really been in place for him, especially during during those formative years of Sacramento. Like, if I were Sacramento, I would have paid Kevin Garnett whatever he wanted to just come hang out in, in a hoodie and sweats just to yell at Boogie at times and go, dude, that's 
that's just not the way to be a professional. That's not the way stuff is done. So that never happened for him. And so there's a lot of teams that couldn't bring him in. So when Golden State's like, wait a minute, he wants to come to us and we can do it at like five million. And here's the other thing with Golden State, considering how high their payroll is because of their four guys and who they have to worry about paying for. But if you're just talking about this year, Golden State had a few guys that they had in mind that they'd love to use the mid-level on. And then those guys were gone. Those guys signed for more than the mid-level. And, you know, because they're a tax team and their payroll is what it is, and it's really high, and depending on, you know, the final numbers of what happens here with the Thunder, is that was one of the dumbest things going on, that they were going to be a $300 million team when everybody knew they were going to figure out a way to, well, look, they're probably going to stretch Melo, buy out and stretch instead of being able to trade him for a team that just absorbs him because they're going to want an asset for that. Um, so Golden State has all this money going in. So if they're like, okay, who can we actually, who's out there that we think we can put into our rotation? Um, that, that makes sense for us for ownership to sign off on spending the mid-level. So I'm not saying ownership wouldn't, but when this presents itself, it's like, wait a minute, one year and we can kind of do this. And then it leads to all of this angst. So for all the people that are like, oh, this is the worst, stupid, just adding another all-star. Like when you go, oh, this is ridiculous. The Warriors just added DeMarcus Cousins, maybe the best center in the league for free. You're being really convenient with facts there to bolster your argument about you probably already hating the NBA or loving the NBA so much that you're mad it's just still the Warriors. And then I get thrown into this Warriors group. It's like, oh, well, you just you stick up for them all the time. I'll always stick up for them because I think they're awesome. Number two is this this isn't how it was discussed on social media. It's just not the way it went down. So if Boogie decides, I don't want to wait out the market, I don't want to make more than $5 million. I need to go to Golden State and show the league that I can go to a winning culture, fit in seamlessly, and produce, and maybe come back a little bit earlier from this Achilles injury that's being reported now, then he feels like this is a great one-year bet for himself, even though he's taking shorter money than we all thought, to go play with those guys. All the players have signed off on it. Everybody's into it. And I personally, if you were, if I were in the room, which I'll never be, in the front office of Golden State Warriors, we don't have to worry about it. But if I were in the room, I'd be like, look, the one thing that almost exposed us as a team last year was our lack of depth. And once Iguodala went down, we became kind of a short team rotation-wise, and we just didn't have a lot of ball handlers. We didn't have really any spacing. Like, it was weird through those like those two games against the Rockets that they lost in the Western Conference Finals. Like, I still have a hard time believing that they ever happened. But they happened to this Warriors team that seems to always have an answer. And they were stagnant. And I would have think, I need to make sure if I'm using the mid-level that I know for a fact it's a contributor who will buy in and he will, he will be part of my eight or nine man rotation. I needed to add some depth to a team that looked bored last year and, and lacking depth later on. Like it looked like, wait a minute, maybe they don't have a lot of depth and maybe they have all these centers that they don't really want to play all the time. And I wouldn't want to spend it on somebody who's a health issue or a health question, I guess. It's really essentially the same thing and somebody who's never gotten along with anybody. Okay. Um, even the New Orleans stuff. Like I thought, oh, Alvin Gentry, he was there. He talked to the front office. He told everybody it's cool. He's great. All this stuff's overblown. It's not really that bad. Um, I'm not even sure if that's true. Okay. So I was, when it happened, I was surprised. But then once I did enough digging to kind of figure out like, 
what was the timeline here? And when Boogie Cousins calls you and says, hey, I want to do this and I want to be a warrior and all the team is like, we're in. Now the players, it's super easy to say, yeah, we love Boogie. He's awesome. He's a baller. We get along with him great for the two weeks we spent with him. Um, let's see how this goes for six months. But I think one of the best parts of this, if I want to spin this as a positive for the Golden State Warriors, is that when you're, and they look bored, definitely this year they had injuries at the end of the regular season, okay? But this could be the kind of thing, because there's going to be this excitement, this anticipation that, wait a minute, we're going to play with Boogie Cousins here for a little bit? That could actually be an energizing deal that is something to look forward to. So the monotony of the long season and trying to do it again and trying to three-peat, if you're inside that locker room and you're going, wait a minute, like let's see how this looks. This could be a lot of fun. Maybe he fits in perfectly. Like That's something to energize a group that's going to need some sort of mental recharge at some point because they are going to get bored again. And Steve Phillips, who I did the baseball show with forever, former Mets GM, you know, whenever we would talk baseball, and he was great talking baseball, he said, you know, the thing is, is when you have a team that's a winning team, what you have to do is you have to come back the next year better, but you also have to come back different, which is easier said than done. And for the Warriors, if the boogie thing works out, you come back better, different. Anyone that's ever listened to me, I think that's assuming a lot. But on the other side, I think human nature is, is if you're boogie cousins and you're going to show up to Golden State and start being a problem, then who are you as a person? Because those of us at our worst around more successful people or people that we admire will usually, you know, sort of defer to them personality-wise. I mean, I really don't think people change that much. I think we'd all like to. We'd like to improve the parts of ourselves that we need, you know, like, oh, you know, starting, I'm going to start doing this. I think, you know, at, at a certain point, you just kind of are who you are. And maybe with Cousins, he can change there a little bit. Or maybe he can fake it long enough in a shortened season where it still works. Because if you're a basketball player, I don't care, good, bad, the greatest dude, the worst teammate, if you're going up to Golden State to try to tell them how business needs to be done, then you have a massive, massive personality flaw. Um, and I don't think, I don't think many players would ever do that. I just am not sure that I would bet on Boogie figuring this out. However, you know what? With his talent, I kind of hope he does figure this out because he's too talented to do this. But as I've always said, like it's it's so much more than the numbers, how he can negatively uh, negatively impact a team. Sarudi assess. Oh, okay. Looks like Sarudi's welcoming in Taylor Twelman. Hey, buddy. Hey, what's up? I just did a massive Boogie Cousins rant. Before we get to him, a little something about home security from our friends at Simply Safe. Hey guys, I want to talk to you again about Simply Safe. These guys obsess over the details. It's why the alarm system is so good. By the way, getting that involved, uh, Simply Safe coming over to get the new place hooked up. Here's an example. A typical glass break sensor sometimes gets fooled a false positive. It sounds like drop plates, a baby crying. Simply Safe didn't want to settle for typical because really good home security should be accurate. So they actually constructed a glass break test facility. They ran over 10,000 live glass break simulations, reducing their detection technology until it was so accurate it can distinguish a broken plate from a broken window. This is the level of detail Simply Safe puts into everything they do. It sets them apart from every other security company. Simply Safe system is designed so you will never notice it. Never have to think about it. It's that easy and intuitive. There's no contract, okay? That's the deal, Simply Safe. 
you got that contract from other people. You're like, wait a minute, I bought this, I bought this, it was free, it was free. Wait a minute, what's my bill? How much is all this extra stuff? Not with Simply Safe. There's no contract. They work hard to earn your business. 24-7 monitoring with police and fire dispatch is just $15 a month. It's the best around-the-clock protection you can find, and you can get it right now. Protect your home today. Tell your wife, your girl, be like, hey, you know what? I like you even more. I want to protect you with security around the house. She's going to be super impressed. Women do love security. I actually like security. I'm thinking about hiring my own detail, but that has nothing to do with Simply Safe. So go to simplysafe.com slash Ryan, R Y E N. That's simplysafe.com slash Ryan. Yes, my parents use an E R Y E N, simplysafe.com slash Ryan. Twelman, right after this. Let's talk soccer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right after Boogie Cousins. So perfect timing. No, no, that's fine. I can get back to all the nonsense a little bit later on. So as I saw you when I was back in West Hartford, it was great catching up yeah. with you and the crew. And I told you I've transitioned from despising everything about soccer to, eh, it's all right, it's on, to I look forward to this. Uh is my favorite player. Why is that? Uh, I just... I just love that he he stands out in a way like scores yeah. can stand out as just scores, but I feel like watching him, he just does some different stuff that's always really smart and productive. Yes, that is a uh, very astute observation from you, my friend. He does things a little differently, but that's also why I think he's part of this golden generation of Belgium players that everyone's talking about. This this is what their goal was: is to reach a World Cup semifinal final, so to speak, and they've pulled it off. What's the story of the World Cup been so far for you? Uh, expect the unexpected. I think the fact that there's been 19 goals in stoppage time, uh, that has stood out to me. There's been 11 own goals. Um, and this is the first World Cup ever that there is no Germany, Brazil, or Argentina in the semifinals. So the biggest, biggest thing for me, Ryan, is just that, uh, you know, so many little things have happened that have turned out to be how many of the top, I think it's six of the top seven favorites. No, that's what it was. Five of the top seven favorites in Vegas are out of the tournament. And we're just getting to the semifinals. And there's still two more quarterfinals as you and I are taping this to go. I mean, that that is the most surprising thing for me. Okay. Now, I've had some friends that are casual guys about soccer. And, I, and everybody, it's just, I think it's great for the sport because there's so many guys that would have never, ever texted me about it before and be like, are you watching? And I go, yep. for me now on the West Coast, like I kind of just, when it's on, I start my day with it on. And then today I went, all right, I'm not going anywhere until halftime of Brazilian Belt and I, Brasilia, Brasilia, Brazil, Belgium. And I'm thinking, whoa, dude. And then my friend was like, is it better now or do we just care more? So as a, as a complete novice with this, is it the level of play? Is it this stoppage time? It's exposure. I, I, it's exposure, buddy, because when you and I were growing up, and obviously you were in the Northeast and I was in the Midwest for a majority of my life, we couldn't watch anything. Ryan, you and I literally could sit here right now and find any game in the world and have access to it. Five years ago, that wasn't even the case. When ESPN you know, covered the World Cup for, what, the last 20-some-odd years, it basically was the only time in those four years that anyone watched it. Now... When the EPL, the English Premier League, came over here and you could see it more often than not, I want to say 2008, 2009, that changed. But, Ryan, you and I can literally see any game in the world because of the Internet. And I think that exposure then changes everyone. 
I also think, and for your friend, the casual fan, video games, FIFA is a huge component of this. So many people, look, think of how many NBA, NFL players, Major League Baseball, and NHL players that you and I here in this country do interviews and whatnot, or we watch NHL players, look at what the Washington Capitals, Ovechkin was juggling a soccer ball before the games. It's just that exposure, I think, has changed this sport over the last four or five years that the casual sports fan, College Joe, that you're talking about, they have a little bit more knowledge than they had five, six years ago. Yeah, the knowledge thing is there, but like I remember I was playing FIFA in the mid 90s and I didn't care. Yeah, well, that's because you and I didn't have a lot of friends. So we were playing like FIFA on. Old, you know, like, what was it, 94? And like, it was Shearer. Just <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the FIFA guy used to say, if you could get Shearer, like, right outside of the box yeah. on the right side. There was a just, glitch of the game. It there was, was a glitch. It was yeah. just like NHL 93. Like, where if you got the one-timer in that one slot, it was automatically a goal. It was very similar to Alan Shearer. Drive-bys. Um, so... Okay, so we're, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm telling you how much more I enjoy it. And, you know, the thing I've always loved about basketball is that, and you understand this because you've played every sport, like I love that the best basketball player, if he needed something to happen, he could probably, you know, put yes. himself in a position to make it happen. Where I feel like, look, football, that can't happen. You'd be the best hitter in baseball, you could just hit it hard to the wrong guy. And for whatever reason, like, it, this is going to be, I don't want to be doing dumb observations here, but it's dumb. felt, it's felt like, Towards the end of these games, that more is possible on the scoring side, and that that's that's a different. Like I used to feel like some of these teams when they were up one zip, the last twenty minutes was pointless. Yes, and I hated that. And now it doesn't feel that way anymore. And that might just be reading it wrong and enjoying it more as a game. No, that's a statement. That's a very good statement about what this World Cup is, right? So that has stood out to me because. Quite honestly, Ryan, you could go through an entire Champions League season and whatnot, and this never happens. 19 goals in stoppage time tells you that there's been a lot of drama. The one thing, see, see, here's here's why I love this sport more than basketball is because if you and I, let's say you and I are GM in the NBA, and we we both have Kevin Durant, LeBron James, we're going to win 92% of the games because that single player can change that game. Neymar, Messi, Ronaldo are all home. And that's the one thing about this sport that I don't think the casual positive. I do think it's a positive because I think, and that's, that's the difference. And hear, hear me out why? Because, because of the tactics of the game, only three subs, only 11 players and whatnot on the team, only 90 minutes. If you go to extra time, 120, it's not play until someone's leg fell off or someone dies. That there's a time limit to this, and you've got to find a way to support that one superstar you had. And Argentina, Brazil, and Portugal could not do that. I think that's better. I think it makes for a better game. I also think it makes for a better tournament. Because if it was just strictly based on the super... You and I right now, Ryan, we could guess the NBA semifinals next year, the conference finals. You and I could guess it right now. We're probably going to be right. We're going to get 80% right. This year, how many people had Germany or Brazil in the Final Four or Spain, and none of them are there? I think that makes it better. I just think it makes it more of a team game based on the superstars. Now, I love the NBA as much as you do, dude. I It's just... Dude, it, same it, tie? It's I don't know. I don't know if it's a tie. It's no, not, yeah, kidding. it's not a tie. You probably like it a little bit All more because right, so, you're into the little nuances. But I do love the NBA... I'm not saying I hate the NBA for it. I just like that the fact that this team 
aspect comes into play a little bit more than it does if you have a superstar. Okay, France. Um, they look a little different when they're out there. And it's not just their speed. And I know everybody fell in love with Umbape and, and all this stuff. And, you know, I remember, look, I mean, I got Saruti Proust on my show for years. So if there was a really good game on during the day, I knew that they'd be checked out the entire time. <laughs> um, France looks maybe better than everybody else. And that's Why do also, they look different to you? I um, want you to give it, give your observation because you downplay it too often. You actually have good observations. Why do they look different? I just different? think when they're on the attack, it's almost impossible to keep pace with them. Yes. And all of their guys are like, all their attacking players look more interchangeable where other teams I watch and I go, okay, well, that guy only does this and this guy's not comfortable doing anything other than that. And I'm just not, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, they just look like they have more things where you're like, it, it's almost, I don't want to compare it to the Warriors, but it's just, you seem to have to defend a lot more stuff against them. Yes, yes, and that is a great point. Now, it's I'm going to give you a little. Are you just being nice. I know. <laughs> Am I being nice or you? You. That's not your. No, I'm not your... nice. You know me. You've known me for how long? <laughs> I hate being nice. I'm. I, I'm just honest. It, it's a very good observation, and I'll tell you why. They've got a player up front, up front named Olivier Giroud, and he plays the center forward position. When he's on the field. That look you're talking about, the unbalanced, the interchangeable parts, the attack from Mbappe and Griezmann and Paul Pogba and all of those players works because he's on the field. They have, and you used the perfect word, they have a pace to the way they play that is very different than any other team in this World Cup. I said it, and I still believe it. They're the most talented team at the World Cup, but Ryan, they're French. So one day they can wake up and they all hate each other. The next day they can wake up and they all get along. That's the way this team has been for so often. The 2010 World Cup, they were heavily favored within their group. They all went on strike in 2010 and decided to leave practice because the players didn't get along. They've got players that are good enough, if not better than what they have, but they tried to get each other arrested. Google Benzema for those what? listening. Just, hey, by the way, yes. real quick, can you pronounce the 19-year-old kid's name again? Because I just called him Umbape and yeah, it's Umbape. I, it's Mbappe, but I like Umbeep because the way you said Umbape. it is kind of cool. Like, no, different. I thought I've heard some people say it that way, but then I got yeah, I got that lost. guy, the guy that told you that's how it sounded had marbles in his mouth. It's okay, Mbappe. Mbappe. All right. Well, I'll never make that mistake again, but go ahead. So these guys, these guys try to get each other arrested. Yes. For the listeners at home, look up Kareem Benzema arrest and just Google it, read it for a solid 30 minutes because it's a long story. But he basically tried to get a teammate on the French national team arrested. I'm going to leave it at that. All I'm saying is this team is so talented, Ryan. They look different. It's just a matter of if they all get along for four and a half weeks and so far so good. And because of them beating this Uruguay side and now playing Belgium as opposed to Brazil, it's just hard not to like what this French team is about. Okay, so um, that was a deep breath. Are you all right? No, I'm trying to look up your Benzema <laughs> dude. Um, so the- okay, all right. So there was a sex tape blackmail. Yeah, with we the, can say it we, with the we teammate. Can say it. Yeah, with the teammate. With the teammate. That's why he's not here. He plays for Real Madrid. He plays for Real Madrid. Scores goals for Real Madrid, and he's not with the national team because. With that sex tape, he tried to get. I think if it was Franck Ribéry, and they tried to get they tried to get each other arrested. Basically, I, it's the most insane story ever. 
That's how I got my name. I on think the show, it might have been Malbuena. I it's it's there's a lot of stuff going on. It wasn't Mbappe though. It was not Mbappe or whatever you said. I had a sex tape of Van Pelt, and that's how after four years I got my name on the show. <laughs> oh, that's honestly how much did that cost you? It wasn't much. It was uh, yeah. just lying around. One of his roommates sold it to me, and uh, I thought I know. saw that movie. Wasn't it Beetlejuice? <laughs> Oh, all right. Now, never mind. See, now he's getting, somebody's going to tag him on this, and now he's going to get mad. And uh, I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight that fight. He's on vacation. Um, okay, England. Everybody seems to hate England, or are people starting to come around? Like, I don't think there's a team that people like making fun of more than them. But why do you think that is? I want your perspective on it. I don't feel like anybody really likes the English, but then again, I don't know that everybody likes the French either. Although yeah. I feel like the French were left out of Dunkirk. Yeah. In Dunkirk, the movie, they're just like, "Hey, you can't come on the boat." And then yeah. when I went back and researched Dunkirk more, the French, you know, for a bunch of different historical reasons, sort of just giving their country to Germany, um, they've not been they've not been historically uh, well received in military issues. But without the French, I don't know if they can hold off the German troops enough at Dun- Dunkirk to get those those Brits back home to the island, which is a huge part of World War II. I've learned um, more I've learned more in the last ninety seconds of you telling me about Dunkirk than I've learned in six years of history class. Well, you know, well there done, you go. Dude. I hope well I hope you wrote that down. But uh I so I don't you know, I, I don't think it's honestly I think it's sort of a sign of the times that nobody really likes any of the powerful countries. Yeah. Well <laughs> You know, before it was because England just couldn't get there, and it's been forever. Um, and it's now, also right around Independence Day in our country where we're celebrating. You know, not leaving them. I don't. There's always been this hatred for the English. There's always has been. Hatred's the wrong word. There, there's. We kind of like, I think, in this country, their misery. Right. So the fact that you just said what they've lost in what it was six penalty shootouts. Of seven, you know they they've always whatever. Is that what it is? Yeah, and then they. That's no why wonder this, everybody was losing their mind. Yes, like the, go- the late goal. Yes, right. dude, the Ghostbusters. They, they, I call them the Ghostbusters on your boy Scott Van Pelt show because they finally exercised those demons, Ryan. That I, I don't care what English fan tells you. The moment Columbia scored in the ninety fourth minute, they all looked at each other and said, "We're losing in penalties." And the fact that they actually, they're kind of playing with house money. Now, the problem with this, though, Ryan, is that the English media and the tabloids and the fans and whatnot, they're now going up against Sweden where they're like, oh, well, we're so much better than Sweden. For the listeners at home, Sweden knocked out Italy and the Dutch on the way to Russia, then knocked out Mexico, Russia, uh, Germany, and Switzerland. Those are five legitimate teams that all five were better than Sweden, and they did this without their best player ever in Zlatan Ibrahimovic. This Sweden team's like, imagine if England gets to the quarterfinals and then loses 2-0 to Sweden. So wait a minute, are you telling me the Sweden aren't the Dutch? No. (laughs) (laughs) It depends, where are we? All right, I'm just, I don't, I'm, I gotta look at a map again. Hold on, let me pull this up. I you think ju- there's a lot of people watching. You just told me everything about Dunkirk and now, now you can't figure out Sweden and the Dutch? No, I find the map of Scandinavia and everything. As confusing like, as anything. No, I actually don't think, but I, I think that it all sort of like, if you said to They're somebody, Belgium, Sweden, Swiss, Denmark, they would think it's like Rhode, Rhode Island, Connecticut, and Mass. And you're like, well, no, no. No, to be uh, honest, you're not far off, dude. Like, Scandinavia. No, Belgium's completely, it's not. I mean, it's like this little nook. Yeah, but uh, Belgium's not in the same disguise. I would argue Scandinavia is like New England. 
Yeah, I'd argue that. That's a I good a analogy. Trip, I had a trip to Sweden planned, but then I had a work thing. So Ooh, I don't, I in the summer it. or the wintertime? Because I've been in the summer. It's amazing in the summer. 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 I wasn't going to go in the winter. Yeah, it's like sunny for 23 hours a day. It's amazing. Yeah, that would be tough. That would be tough. <laughs> um, okay, I feel like... All right, I want to ask you about you because I know you're going to run back there in a little bit. Um, for those that don't know, you never played in a World Cup. And no. I'm not trying to bring this up, but can you tell everyone that's listening to you kind of for the first time of... And I want to do a little bit more of the backstory after you answer this, but tell us about everything that was sort of planned out and then 2006 and everything that went down because I think people are like, wait a minute, how was he this amazing American player and never played for the U.S. Yeah. men's national team in a World Cup? Uh, I'll give you the shortest version ever. So no, don't. Detail, name names, go okay. for it. Yep, so 1998, I was recruited to go play baseball and soccer around the country and two of those schools were University of Virginia and University of Maryland. Bruce Arena just left University of Virginia and was part of the national team. And so he I, recruited you. Well, he, his assistant, his number one assistant did. And I chose not to go on a recruiting visit. I didn't even listen to him. And I went to University of Maryland to play. Wait a minute, baseball. Why wouldn't you go to Charlottesville to, to go on a, a recruiting trip? Because the base doesn't sound like you. Well, I already have been. So I didn't want to waste. Uh, see, see, Ryan, this, it doesn't sound like me. You're a hundred percent right, but it actually is smarter. You only get five visits per sport. So what I tried to do was five for baseball, five for soccer at 10 different schools to maximize that. Oh, that does sound more like you. And you were offered, is it true you were offered a contract by the Royals? Yes, 100% true. Senior year of high school, right after, uh, right after the, um, senior high school season and all that. But that's a side story that the listeners don't really care about. No, but I think it matters because I mean, how good were you as a basketball player too? Uh, basketball, I played fine until, Jason Tatum's father, Justin Tatum, and Larry Hughes scored 80 points on us in four quarters, which in high school, if you think about that, right? See, I thought I was going to be the, like the Duke and Fife of the Fab Five, right? I thought I was going to go to Michigan, play point. Black then, guys love you, so yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, naturally. And then Larry Hughes scored 35 points on me in two and a half, three quarters, and I was like, you know what? I don't think I can play this. So I chose to give up basketball sophomore year of high school. Uh, D3 basketball, D2 basketball, that's it. Uh, but baseball and soccer were my sports. I chose not to go to Virginia, not even do the visit. And I, and it's interesting. No one in that circle will say this is, but in 2005, I was named Major League Soccer MVP of the year. And then the four games going into the 2006 World Cup, I scored four goals, had three assists, and the World Cup came around. And I never got a call. Okay, so for those that don't know, like you and that were head arguably, coach was Bruce Arena, right? You were arguably the best player in the MLS for a bunch of years in a row. Yeah, correct? it was it was yeah. Landon and I for you know yeah. I mean there was other players, but American wise, it was Landon and I up for the scoring race every single year. That's right. So we sit here and complain about American rosters and all this different stuff. So you're you're on you're putting it together. You're winning MVPs. You were like leading the league and scoring multiple years. Okay. Like yep. I think we're the youngest to 100 goals in MLS yes. history at the time. Okay. Yep. So then you're getting ready. So you're on what the the roster of 30 before it's cut down to 23, or are you yes. even on the roster? You're okay. So you're on the roster of 30. You're playing internationally. You just mentioned four goals, three assists, and what four games? Yeah, four games. And Ryan, here's the better part. So Kicker Magazine, which is the number one magazine in Germany that I is hosting it. the World Cup, has the it. top 10 players to break out at the World Cup. I'm number nine. <laughs> and okay, the worst so part is this is the worst part. 
it cost me roughly eight to eleven million dollars because I was nope because I was at the end of my contract and three teams in England and one team in Germany were going to sign my services. So that so how did you get left off? What happened? I, I never got a phone call. Never got an email. Did you find out on Sports Center? I found out on Sports Center. Now I, I we'd have to research this. But I think it was Stuart Scott that was on there, and Bruce Arena was on there, and they listed the 23. And right at the end, the first question out of Stuart Scott's mouth, and it could have been someone else hosting, but it was the host says to Bruce Arena, there's no room for the MLS MVP Taylor Twelman, and he didn't answer the question. So, so what, did, what did your teammates say? I had seven teammates on that team call me immediately and said, and I had multiple people within Europe and around the world saying they've never seen anything like this happen. And yet, I Ryan, this is going to sound cheesy, but it's the truth. It it Was I mad? Of course. That's not what I'm saying. But it's not like if I hadn't scored the goals and hadn't performed, then there's always a part of you that says, well, I wish I could have done more. I could I could have scored 100 goals. He wouldn't have taken me. That's the reality of the situation. So it's not like I lost sleep at night or anything like that. I was just mad. But I was more mad about what it would do to further my career. Within eight months after the World Cup ends, I get offered to go to Europe to a team in England for three and a half million. And long story short, I get punched in the head, concussion, career ends two weeks, three weeks after that, and boom, there it is. So that 12 month to no, 24 month span was, that was quick. It was over in the blink of an eye. Because even if you're left off the 06 team and how, uh, you're, oh, I would have gone to 2010. Years. I would have gone so to you, 2010. Right. So you were 27 when you were left off of 2006? No, no, I was 25. 25. Okay. So yep. you would have thought, okay, I'm not even 30 yet in 2010. No. And Bob Bradley took over and Bob and I, you know, and I've covered Bruce and this is the best part. I've covered Bruce for eight years, seven years as an analyst straightforward, honest conversation. I look him in the eye, all that stuff. And, you know, we crack, you know, Bruce will crack jokes around other people, but it is what it is. It was, he's never explained it to you. Is that what you're telling me no, now? He's never, no, 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 no. He's never. Now his assistant coach at the time was a guy by the name of Glenn Myernick. He has since passed away. Um, and he flat out said to me, there were people in the room that said to him, no, you, you have to take him. And it was his choice. And that, that, so what do you is think it was? It, it can't be not visiting UVA. No, 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 no. I say that joke. I, well, I don't know because I think deep down, I think he overthought it. I think he overthought it and said, well, we're playing Czech Republic, Italy, and Ghana, and Taylor's only 5'11 or something crazy like that. Listed. Yeah. Listed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I'm 5'10 you know, and three quarters. All right, I do this exercise, okay? When this I think I'm getting, when I when I'm getting, uh, when I think somebody's messing with me or something, or I, I think somebody's doing something to me that I don't like, I'll yep. go, okay, what would the argument against me be where this person is right and I'm actually wrong? Um, is there any argument that you can even yes. bother starting that you would say this is actually the argument against me that I? I'm not even saying you have to agree with it, but what would they have said? No, I think, no, no, no. I've done this with multiple things in my life before. I, I think Bruce and that staff looked at it and said, I'm going to put, we're, if we start Brian McBride and we need speed off the bench or speed with him, is Taylor going to be okay with coming to the World Cup and not playing? And the reality of the situation is, ooh, I would have struggled with it. But 
I had five players in Germany tell me that in the third, second and third game that there were multiple people on that bench that looked down and said, we sure could have used Twelman. So the arguments that were against me were I wasn't tall enough against big, strong Eastern European teams, but that's debatable. And I might not have been happy enough not playing a single minute. But I know for sure that argument could be debunked because, Ryan, if I was there, we need, the United States needed a goal to advance, Ryan. They needed a goal. So if you looked on the bench, well, there is my huge noggin at the end of the bench, he would have put me in. But that's a totally, legit, that's right. a good argument. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean? mean? That, that happens with basketball teams where they'll go, you know, I'd rather have a couple veterans that have no chance at playing yeah. being okay with it than another couple rookies trying to prove that they're all stars. Yes. Yep. But, you know, again, is a, is a complete, um, novice to this, so I could get this wrong, but I think you just confirmed it. Like, I feel like anybody that's paid attention to the U.S. men's team in the last decade plus, like, I feel like we'd never have anybody who can score. No, we've, no, and I'm not kidding. Like, that's the one thing, but during that era, we did, though, Ryan, we did have five or six of us competing at a very high level scoring goals. The difference was, I, you know, I, I think the argument really, if you had Bruce on or someone asked Bruce, I think if he revisited it, said, you know, at the time, I just not sure Taylor would have been happy going to the World Cup, not playing. And that honestly is it. But, but Ryan, we never know because he never told me, he never said anything. Like that I sucks, found out man. on Sports Center, but and your family had to be devastated, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, the hard thing is the hard thing to this day is like, you know, my parents have seen Bruce and you never really acknowledge it. So, Listen, my family grew up in pro sports, Ryan. For the listeners at home, my grandfather won two World Series with the Yankees. My dad played pro soccer for 10 years. My uncle's been on PJ Tour for 25. I had an uncle in double A, and I had three uncles that play pro soccer. So if, if, if you're on, brutally honest, you can, you can always disagree with honesty, but at least you respect it. The hardest thing to this day in 2018 for my mom is the fact that no one called me and no one sent me anything and no explanation. That's the most difficult thing in the world because at least you, but you know, it's not like my family and I sit around and talk about this either. We kind of no, got but, over it real know, quick. My grandfather you, literally died three days after. I'm not you know, laughing. I'm just no, like, oh my me God. Me too. No, no, but this is the best part, Ryan. And so my grandfather's dying of cancer and we all knew it, yeah. but he's watching on Sports Center, and apparently the nurse, can I curse on this podcast or no? Can you bleep um, just, it out? I'll bleep, bleep it out. Just bleep out yourself. Yep. So he literally goes, ah, and drops the F word. And the nurse goes, what was that, Mr. Delsing? And he's like, turn it off. I can't watch this anymore. And I love that because that's all he cared about. Here he is on his dying bed. And he's like, "Did Taylor go? is Taylor going to Germany? No, he's not. So it is what it is, but it is a, uh, it's a conversation that a lot of us from that time still go, really? That's interesting. Because I I forgot. I'll just be honest. I well, forgot. you were bartending then, in Boston at that time. Um, at that point, I'd finally, I'd finally moved on to no longer bartending. But I was living in the hotel, and I, I didn't really have much of a place in Boston. Do the um, listeners know how you and I crossed bath many many a times, or no? Yeah, but we didn't really ever talk to each other. No, because you thought I was a total d bag. Yeah, I did. Yep. Yep. I did. Yep. I just, I lumped you in with everybody else. I yep. played soccer that awesome. I didn't like. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but you weren't. Like, you didn't. <laughs> but it wasn't it's not like, like I the, went out of my way, though. 
Right. right. True. And it's also not like, as I've said numerous times, when we were in the city in the same circle, sort of, my circle was like, yeah. I wasn't a pro athlete. Okay, man. I was on this crap show and I vaguely people knew who I was. I didn't have any money and I wasn't all that happy, to be honest with you. So I like, it wasn't like I was picking Josh Beckett and Todd Walker to hang out with instead of you because those guys. I love didn't how want those to... two are on the. Well, because I've become friends to. with Todd and Todd and I have jo- joked too. He's like, man, he's like this, you know, 2003. I was like, dude, if I had been friends with the second baseman I of mean, the Red Sox in 2003 at 27 years old, I would have been, <laughs> are you kidding? I would have run that town. And, uh, you know, Beckett, I'd run into a few times, and I could understand people not liking Beckett, but I kind of liked him because I thought he was I had super no, straight. I had no problems with him. I kind of loved him, to be honest, because he was just super straightforward. Yep. He's like, if he didn't like you, he wasn't going to waste his time with you, and you kind of knew where you stood with him. Uh, and again, I'm not acting as if I'd hung out with him a bunch of times. It was me and a group, and then he would be there, and that was it. Um, but yeah, it was just, you know, ships, ships crossing in the night, and I was just too intimidated because all the other pro athletes loved you. And if you were at Sansi just running, <laughs> running it, I wouldn't, you know, I didn't know. I, my self-confidence, that was the worst self-confidence I've ever had in my life is that late 20s in Boston broke and going, this career is Yeah, because a soccer player making a ton of bank would have really changed that. You act like we were any different. We all lived together. You were we making like- a million dollars a year for the revolution. <laughs> Shut up, dude. I was making like 25. My car got booted all the time because I was driving back and trying to park it in Com Ave at 4 in the morning after what? doing a Bristol shift. <laughs> so like that, that was... um. That was, uh, that was, How, what, describe the feeling of when you walk outside and that car is booted. What a nightmare. I hate it. It's the it. worst. I mean, oh. how about not knowing if you have enough money to pay for it? Well, that's, a, the, sorry. Right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to bring that up. I was just talking about the feeling of the car being booted. I didn't know you had to like work the corner of the street to get it paid. No, nah, it was another, it was another brutal realtor deal because I was like, no matter what I do, if I'm buying a place on Com Ave, and it was the only thing I could afford. So I did one of those, purchase arm deals because that was half of what the rent would have been and i felt like at least i was kicking some equity in which i wasn't really because you know how that stuff works or maybe you didn't because you were making a million bucks a year at that point (laughs) but i i was like whatever i do i'm getting a place with parking and the guy that sold it to me was like here's my spot it's it's 7b and i started parking there for like the first week and then this condo association wrote a note and they're like we're towing this what are you doing and i go well i I bought the place and the spot comes with it who do i send a check to and they go that wasn't his spot to give away he's rented the spot from us and no realtors double checked on it and then that led to a a three year no i was there like six but i was back in bristol for three um it led to i mean it was just a constant game getting up in the morning moving it bc games you know that all stuff and you know whatever uh it would have been it would have been more fun we would have had fun it would have been a lot more fun for me. You probably had just as much fun, so you didn't need me. No, that's not true. We could have used a little negativity in our group. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, who? You, let me just let you. I know you're going to run back there, so I don't want you to not no, get a touch good. up in the in the makeup room. We're good. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's do this. Yeah, who are you winning? Who who are you picking to win the rest of this thing? Then uh, before the tournament started, you know me, dude. I, I I don't fluctuate, so I had Spain beating Brazil. Both teams are out of it. And honestly, yeah, this is them. everyone. This is everyone's to have now. I this is difficult for me. I I look at. I would take France just because those players in twenty three, that group of twenty three, they're all playing at the highest level. But who am I to say Croatia, 
doesn't sneak one by. Who's to say that Belgium doesn't have this life to him? Here's the one thing, Ryan, that throws me for a loop when I think about it. Since 1958, every 20 years, a new team wins their first World Cup. So when I say that out loud, is that going to be Sweden, Croatia, Belgium? I That's what has me a little like this whole World Cup's based on everything that we didn't expect. So would it really surprise you if Belgium wins? But if you're asking me, I'll take France. Yeah, I feel like France is the best team, and it's the most impressive, but you're right. They're a mess. I mean, it's a little bit like Brazil, where I was watching today, and I go, Brazil feels like emotionally they they quit quicker. You yeah. know what I mean? They're they're like the bully that's like, oh, this other person's not just going to lose the fight. Yes. Uh, you know, like, I, don't, I mean, I don't it's amazing their... to think the last four World Cups, they haven't won the trophy. That's a, that's the longest they've ever gone. Like, think of that, Ryan. You're It's actually a I'm great analogy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's I'm a serious. great analogy, though. Like, it's almost as if you punch them in the face. They're like, all right, we're done. I don't want to Yeah, it. right. Like, you're this. supposed to lose. We're Brazil. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I'm not even going back to four years ago. Hey, you are not just great at the soccer stuff. Uh, I'm just glad to call you a friend now, and uh, I think you're just awesome at this, man. So it's only going to get better. And uh, when you get out here on the West Coast, i got a room for you. We'll go I to Shellbacks, put, put hats on real low so we don't stand <laughs> out to be as creepy as we actually are. After Rob Stone gets sick at his pregame party and then has to stay home, we'll go out. All right. Are, will we have shirts on or no? Well, I don't really wear one. Yep, we I figured as much. All right. Bye, brother. See you, bud. See you, dude. Hey, guys, I want to tell you about Finn again, Finn.com. Everyone has tasks, big and small, that prevent them from being the best versions of themselves. Finn is a high-quality, on-demand assistant that can handle the administrative aspects of life, declutter your to-do list, and keep you focused on what matters most. Thousands of busy people already rely on Finn to handle tasks like scheduling meetings, booking travel, buying gifts, or even more complex jobs like creating a website or hiring a freelancer. Finn takes care of administrative tasks so you can be more productive. Finn lets you be superhuman. Here's the deal. Just go to Finn.com, okay? Just go to it. If you're a little on, if you're just like, wait a minute, what is he talking about? How does this whole thing work? Just go to it. Look and say, wait a minute, I think maybe I could use this instead of just waiting for my next basketball take. There's just not enough hours in the day, okay, to get everything done. My options were to continue trying to do things by myself, how I've been doing them, or hire an assistant, where are your drapes? So I was looking into hiring an assistant, but that's when I discovered Finn. Finn is the perfect personal assistant I never realized I needed. Available 24-7, 365 days a year. I started using it a few times a week. Then once I saw how much time I was saving, it was a no-brainer to use it even more. Vegas, Summer League, hey, how's travel looking? Oh, wait a minute. A guy wants to drive me there? No problem. I'll do that instead. Thanks, though, Finn, for even looking into it. And with Finn handling the tasks I dislike anyway, I'm getting back to a lot of time to focus on things that matter, like calling about my drapes. Using Finn has been a real game changer for me. Can take all the aspects of planning a trip, flights, dinner reservations, hotel within minutes of where you want to be for meetings, for visiting friends, relatives, etc. You don't have to fit or you don't have to lift a finger to have an amazing trip. Finn fixes the best of human and artificial intelligence, okay? It puts them together to deliver a top-flight service to manage your calendar, book appointments, take care of travel plans, pay bills, research and buy products, everything a great assistant could do. Finn learns and remembers your preferences like that you prefer aisle seats or knows your default meeting lengths and your favorite restaurants. And if you're Michael Scott and you want a middle seat on Southwest, Finn could do that for you too. You don't need to spend your time recruiting or training 
anybody managing assistant think about that it's not going to be awkward your wife's not going to ask you how hot is finn you're like don't worry about it it's a digital assistant finn can do it all on average finn can save you 200 hours a year if you're someone that doesn't have 40 hours of work for an assistant every week here's the best part with finn you can pay only for what you use once you try finn you're going to love it as much as i do and as a listener of our show here i've arranged for all of you to try finn for free just use my link finn.com slash ryan i cannot emphasize this enough if you're really confused you think you have no interest in this it's not for you just look at it okay finn.com slash ryan r-y-e-n that's finn.com slash ryan r-y-e-n try for free finn.com slash ryan okay so um we did the boogie stuff i think we're good there and then i asked Sarudi a question but he was letting 12 men in so i think we're good uh you know the laker thing i still get to tell you there's some there's some stuff about this lebron story that and this can very much sound like, well, you're still, you're still locked into like your information that you have or had on this. I can tell you with, with, with a pretty high level of certainty that Paul George staying in Oklahoma City surprised some people. Um, and I, I mean that as like, I, I'm pretty sure other players, um, as I try to explain this without it becoming something bigger than it is, but, um, you know, Westbrook's camp always thought that, that George was staying. Other players, other agents, uh, did not. So once that happened and LeBron was like, okay, now what? And then Cleveland couldn't get anything for all of its pieces. And by the way, how many days in a row are we going to update Kevin Love's not being shopped is being shopped? Have you seen that one, Sarudi? It's every freaking day. I don't understand why he'd want to stay there. Um, unless he just wants to go back to old Kevin Love and putting up, you know, 25 and 10 and not win any games. I wouldn't rule out Kevin Love being LeBron's teammate, the Lakers at some point. Whoa. Yeah. Wouldn't rule it out. Hear that slam magazine? Yeah. Um, so then when you look at this Lakers roster, like I just, I, I have a hard time believing, man, that this is what it's going to be. And now the way they're talking about, it, like, I think that's kind of crappy to be like, we want to be everything the Cavs weren't. And you're like, well, they did make it to the finals a bunch of years. So now you have all these two-way players or, or do you? You know, the reason there's a playoff Rondo is because there's a regular season Rondo. Okay. So now everybody in Lakerland thinks that Rondo is just going to be awesome. And you're like, all right, maybe. Um, I know LeBron's always really liked him. He's always liked Boogie, but the fact the Boogie thing didn't really happen, and then he goes for five million with Golden State Warriors. I wonder if there's any kind of disconnect there. But then everything that's been said is that no, no, LeBron is totally on board. These are the players he wants. He wants to do something that's different than Cleveland in the past. And again, I'm like, okay, we can all dump on Cleveland and the roster that it is right now, but it's not like that whole approach was bad. And then it's always, oh, we got to play more up tempo. Okay. And despite the fact that LeBron, I think was number two in transition buckets behind Westbrook of any player this year, you want to know why they don't play faster? Cause LeBron doesn't play faster. So yes, he scores a lot of transition points because he always has the ball and he's awesome. And there's almost nothing more horrifying than him one on one in transition or even one on two, but he likes to slow down the pace and dissect you offensively. So you can talk about playing fast, like as if it was Cleveland's fault and LeBron were playing a way that he didn't want to play. Like how dumb is that? That's not true. So then you hear, all right, well, LeBron comes to the Lakers and that means vets are going to want to play with him for cheap. Who? Lance Stevenson on more money than anybody thought he would get. Rondo on a one-year deal that's more money than anybody thought he was going to get. Uh, the Contavious Caldwell Pope contract north of 10 million, 12 million. Like, where's, where are the discounts? Is it JaVale McGee 1.5 proven to me? So like, we want to play different. We want to play faster. We want more two-way players. And yes, Pope is a two-way player in theory. Rondo, if he's locked in, yeah. And then you still have ball on the roster with the young guys. So it's like this, this sort of rough around the edge, edges veteran crew that emotionally you go, 
can I count on these guys all the time? And maybe, maybe Lance is a fighter all the time, right? Maybe Rondo's a fighter all the time. Like listening to the LA side of it, it's like, oh yeah, we got all these tough guys. Like sometimes I'm wondering, did you want a team that could beat the Warriors? Well, clearly you couldn't put that roster together because I don't think it exists with realistic moves. Or did you want a team that would like just annoy the hell out of the Warriors and get a bunch of technicals and fight with them and then maybe even challenge to fight each other in the tunnel? Cause that feels like the crew that they're putting together. And if, Kawhi's coming, then it solves a lot of these problems. I believe LeBron believes this will be a team. Um, I, well, let me, let me rephrase this. I just have a really hard time believing not only opening tip, but like LeBron would just ride out his 34 year old season and go, yeah, you know, I came here by myself and moves couldn't be made. And, you know, I enjoyed the younger guys and this group of veteran players that a lot of people have written off. And then when I hear, oh, well, it's one-year contracts, those are super valuable so they can trade them. <laughs> You're like, are you kidding? Hey, then sign better one-year deals that are cheaper. You know? But I, I know that LeBron's always like Rondo. The Lance thing, and, and it's always this kumbaya thing. is like, oh, LeBron has signed off on all these guys. He likes all these guys. I, I can't tell you what's going on with the Kawhi thing other than his crew has done a really bad job managing the message. The message is all over the place, and it doesn't make – um. It doesn't really make any sense. And then this last report that he would rather be a Clipper than be a Laker. I'm not sure what that is. I think Woj even shot that down a little bit. I imagine at some point if Kawhi, these guys need to clean up and make their message precise and efficient and get to L.A. and get to the Lakers. And if I'm the Lakers, I'm not going to do the same thing I just did with the Paul George deal. I remember a year ago going, if you were the Lakers, would you rather just have Paul George now with the number two pick? And everybody said, no, you just get Paul George for free in 2018 and let's take Lonzo because he's going to be awesome. And I get that. All of us are greedy at times. And the Lakers were looking at it like, hey, we're getting – like this Lakers-George thing started two years ago. Like We don't need to give up the number two pick for a guy that's going to come here. But you never know what's going to happen. So if the price is a little bit more than you'd want to know Kawhi's going to be in a Laker uniform this year, I would go ahead and pay that price. That doesn't mean I'd give you Ingram, Kuzma, Hart, three first-rounders, and another ability to switch first-round picks. I'm not doing that because the guy's on a one-year deal, and he's forcing his way out. So step one for Kawhi of be disgruntled, you know, untenable situation, toxic. Okay, that one accomplished. Flying A+. plus. Step two. Control the message, have one message, make it clear, force your way to one destination. That's been an F so far. Um, but it doesn't mean that it can't, can't have, you know, people are starting to do this. Well, you know, maybe they, middle of July, they offer the Supermax, you know, Team USA and Pop and all this stuff and it all gets worked out. If that's possible, then that means the, the step two part of this has been even worse in trying to control this message. And that means like emotionally, like, wait a minute, who are you? Like, who am I dating here? Um, and that's kind of really all I have. I mean, I don't, I don't feel like you're hearing anything from me there. I'm just only trying to explain kind of a common sense approach to the whole thing that if I were magic in Palenka, I don't think LeBron's going to be like, okay, yeah, cool. We were the five C. We lost in the first round. And I, you know, I appreciate you holding out for Kawhi. Uh, you know, and then, you know, we assume we're going to get him in free agency. Um, so there you go. So Rudy. Yeah, I'm I'm over the Kawhi thing right now. Like, what are we doing? Like, uh, it, it, you're right. The message changes. Like this whole Clippers thing you just talked about. Like, where is this coming from? All of a sudden, oh, like he wants to play with LeBron. He's excited. Then all of a sudden, he wants his own team, and he'd rather go to the Clippers. And all also the 76ers are still open. Like, what do I just don't like? Wh- if his uncle is the one calling the shots, like make the message concise. You're all, you're screwing over your 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 nephew here. Like, if he wants to leave and he wants to go to the Lakers, then just 
then just say that. Just do it. Right. Now, there was a theory out here in L.A. that the Spurs leaked the story that he wanted to go to the Clippers just to mess with the Lakers. Um, I don't know. I mean, we can do anything. I mean, if we want to go 10 deep on conspiracies, we can figure all that stuff out. All right. Uh, just I'm going to do some random life observation stuff. Can we get Cutler for the next time we do this? I want a little production. Uh, I want him just saying, hey, man, what's up? And then I'll just explain sort of different things that are going on. And we'll just okay. throw the life, we'll just life update. I don't have much for you. You know, I don't really know how much more of this house stuff I can do. I wasted four hours on Monday waiting for the washer dryer. I had a call over to the place I bought it from and they said, absolutely, the guys are on their way. And I sat there all day and they never showed up. And then I stormed in to, uh, I don't want to call it because they're a sponsor and, you know, I just, I'm just not going to do that. Uh, I think I've already said the name of the company anyway. It's pretty well known, so I'm not complaining about them. Well, I guess I sort of am, but I don't want to turn it into a call-out thing because they're a sponsor and they spend a lot of money. And you know what? It's not cool for a dude who's on a podcast that's upset about a washer-dryer to try to jeopardize stuff that sales guys are putting together at much higher levels. All right, so that wouldn't be cool of me to do, so I'm not going to do it. But um, yeah, Monday went by and uh, nobody showed up. And then yesterday, the window was 8 to 12, didn't hear from anybody and then the guy showed up at three and then looked and dropped off the two appliances and said, I don't think we can do the install today. So it's just a lot of that stuff, man. And the drapes people are lying about the date and I don't have any furniture in the living room, but you know what? Anytime I get a little bummed out, guess what I do? I put in the Bose wireless, which I don't really like that much because you lose some sound quality. But what I've realized is I try to find my jumper again. I just go out on the deck at Equinox South Bay and I put up jumpers, work myself into a sweat, and then I go jump in the water and read a book. I'm reading this book on the Cuban underworld with the American Mafia right now, the corporation. And it's uh, it's a nice little reminder. And I go, you know what? Don't worry about the drapes and having people look into your house and that spotlight from the neighbor who left it on last night. Don't worry about that you're averaging about three and a half to four hours of sleep every single night. Where my friends used to joke about how little sleep I needed and that I could stay up all night. And now I'm starting to think I'm going to die. But that's all right. Um, yeah, I don't mean that to be negative about the I think I'm going to die because of the lack of sleep thing. But I've been reading more on lack of sleep stuff. And I'm, I'm now, you know, in the 20s, early 30s thing, it was kind of funny. And now as I enter my 40s and I still can't seem to get a good night's sleep, especially now uh, with, the, with the lack of drapes in the spotlight and where my room is situated, uh, you know, it's, um, it's a little concerning on that part. But we're going to be all right. Second... Did you have any follow up on that, Surdy? Just jump in where you need to, because I have two mo- two other things I wanted to do. No, go ahead. I'm I'm I'm, in, I'm invested. Let's go. Okay. The second thing I've noticed uh, at the gym, and I this is kind of like nature's cruel little trick that they plan each other. Surudi, would you say that you're confident in your single days around women? Did you know what to say, or would you a little were you a little apprehensive? Because I could see you as you're a good looking guy. You have your stuff together, and you're 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 after the like. You know how you have certain friends and. Like you're whatever normal is, you're on the safe side of that line. Like we all have a little weird yeah. in our in our ways that we can. You know, like everybody has a little weird, but like as long as you're on the right side of the normal, like line of delineation, like you could just you can talk to somebody. But I would also see you not wanting to just talk to random girls all night to feel like a creep. Like you'd be self conscious about that. No, I was really self conscious about not coming off as a creep to the point right. where I I probably didn't do enough. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes all the sense in the world, right? And I, so, I have a buddy, too, who's like, I mean, he's the best-looking dude out of our friend group, and I'm not afraid to say that at all. What's up? 
and he's the same like you know we're like dude like you are like what are you doing like go out there like talk to people and he just is shy i think there are guys that are like that and there are guys that are just like i'm gonna hit on everything that breathes yeah, I've never liked I've hit on every like I have a couple friends that were like that when they were younger and it was like do you ever want to do you want to just like we all met up in this town to hang out and like do you want to hang out with us or is your goal to talk to every single girl that comes within this shared electron area here? You know, like not every single cocktail waitress, server, bartender, hostess like you don't have to fire on every single one. Yeah, and it's terrible to be around. Like I, that, it sucks. that guy sucks. I hate to it. Be around. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. So I'd agreed. Although I'll admit that you know, as every now and then there's there's a cocktail waitress. You're like, oh, you know. And I noticed that when I used to bartend, the older guy always latches onto the cocktail waitress or table service area. Like, oh, cool, she likes me. She's doing, you know, she's having drinks with us. And then it's like, no, that's not really what happens, you old loser. So as I try to just peak self-awareness as I get older, you're like, hey, remember, like when you saw a dude your age with the table service girl pouring everything for everybody, you always thought the guy that's your age now is a loser. And you're like, okay, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Definitely. She doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, cool. You have big arms and your watch is expensive. It's not, it's not that big of a deal. Like you're out with some younger dudes that are much better looking than you and kind of famous. You're like, okay, yeah, yeah. All right, stay in your lane, stay in your lane. Um, so off of all of that, what I've also noticed is that once guy gets to I don't care age, which it's different when you, I'm going to hit on everything in my 20s and 30s, but there's a whole nother level that you get to. And it can even be a guy that's married, and I'm not saying he's hitting on everybody, but he's just a huge flirt, like 50s, maybe even 60s. And I've run into this, and it's happening again now at my gym, where there's a guy who's like north of 60, who I'm friendly with, and any attractive girl at the gym, he looks at her, and then he looks at me to be like, are you seeing what I'm seeing? And I'll just kind of do like a, hey, you know, cause I'm, look, every rep matters, man. So like I'm trying to be locked in and I'm trying to go on 60 seconds at, at the max 90 seconds in between what I'm doing just to keep that rate going. You know what I'm talking about, Surdy. And what's happening is, and I've, I've discovered all this. I may start working with chimpanzees or something to, to get at the root of it all. And that's just me reading sapiens right now, but, um, what happens is that the confidence that you, that nonchalant, I don't care, I'm going to go for it attitude, because the minute you start doubting yourself, you're toast, and girls can smell that, okay? There's a cologne called No Confidence, and at times, some people are always wearing it. I've been wearing it. Um, you know, I, I had it on when I was, I mentioned that stretch with Taylor Twelman. I had it on almost exclusively in Boston. I was wearing it. I had a hoodie that said No Confidence. It was fairly obvious, and everybody could tell, okay? Um I've donated that hoodie, so I'm I'm good. But what's happening is that there's guys that are so much older, they just don't give a bleep anymore. And they think you, the guy who they see as young, meaning me at 40, or say you, Saruti, what, are you even 30 yet? No, about to be. About to be 30. Okay. They think, like, me, or say if you were single and not engaged to your lovely fiancé, that you should be hitting on every single girl Mm -hmm. at the gym. You know what I'm saying? So like they yeah, have you're this like thing. you're not living your life enough if you're not doing this. Exactly. Like if I knew what I knew now, I would have fired on everybody in the gym. And you're 40, and you're single, and you have a podcast and a nice house, and you need to go hit on the instructor over there right now. And you're like, no, I have self awareness. I've never been a hit on a girl at the gym thing. I don't know that I've ever gone out with anyone that I've ever met at the gym. 
Is that a lie? I don't think I ever have. I don't think I ever have. And I think that's one of life's cruel jokes. That what you kind of need, you don't really get until it's too late. Did I just blow your mind? The, you're saying like what you need the ability to not give a bleep. Yeah. And you don't get that yeah. until your 50s or 60s. And there, look, <laughs> there are some guys that can remain non-creepy that have that I don't give a bleep attitude and it's great and it works for him and you're like how come this guy knows every single girl in town and why is it like he has like triple a dan balzerian parties like what what is what's going on with this guy and he's somehow hit that old guy peak confidence and i don't even know if it's confidence as much as like i just don't care anymore like the sooner you can get to that in a non-creepy annoying way to your friends the better off you'll be in life but I, again, unless you're married and you shouldn't be listening to any of this stuff, um, I, I, I don't know. It's just something I've noticed out here. Cause this guy, every time a girl walks by, that's, and the thing is, is the older you get, you find any girl that's just young attractive. Yep. Cause she's just young. So like sometimes the guy be like, Oh my God, you see, and be like, what dude, what are you talking about? Be like that guy over there. Yeah. His, his rear flies are sick. Um, is it because one. maybe they just haven't like figured out the internet yet? <laughs> like that, I don't like. I don't understand like guys who just like lose their mind if like a attractive girl walks into a bar or whatever, and, like don't know how to behave themselves or just even just like exist. Like, hey man, like yeah. she's hot, like cool. It doesn't mean like my day has to change or like you know what I mean. It doesn't mean I have to act differently as a person. Yeah, that's a really good call too. Because I had a roommate once that was like, "Why don't we just go downtown and look at girls?" I went, "What? Are you, what? Like, what are we in Italy? Like, I don't." Like, well, let's, let's go out and, t- and be like, no, no, you know, he'd be like, let's get like a day beer and grab some slices and just walk girls, wa- you know, watch girls walk around. And I'd be like, why? Why would I? Yeah, I would never I- subscribe to that or yeah. sign up to do that. But I think what he did is he was older at a younger age. So he was hitting that older, creepy, I just want to look at younger girls phase. And he was just, he was young. So he hit that, he hit that early on. All right. Uh, final thing. I'm at LA Live. I'm walking out of here. And as I was pulling in, I couldn't find a parking spot in any of the garages that I usually use because the Anime Expo uh, is going on day yes. two here at LA Live. And that is a scene. And speaking of meeting girls, I think a lot of the guys that listen to this podcast, that, yeah, you may not be a seven or eight, but if you're a solid six, I'd say throw on a cloud strife wig and some sort of, you know, plastic foam board and have it as a sword and just roll into this thing and start, mm-hmm. start making it happen because a lot of these anime dudes yeah they're the jacked ones and they're the peak guys but a lot of them suck and i think i think you can outwork these guys i think you'll be coming at a different perspective because normally you wouldn't dress up in a cartoon character there's a bunch of aladdins walking around here and they're just dudes with a shirt off and like a weird vfw kind of kiwanis type hat the shriners i think is what that is i i I mashed up three different social clubs uh historically right there but I, i believe it's shriners so there's a bunch of there's a bunch of Aladdins everywhere here. Wait a minute, was Aladdin the genie? No, that was uh, Robin Williams yeah. played the genie. No, what was his name? Aladdin is Aladdin, right? It wasn't. It wasn't. Hold on. It came out in '92. That was a huge VHS for your boy back in the day. Like, no way, you have Aladdin? Yeah. Do you want to watch it? Um, I think it was just Genie. I may have been Genie. Yeah. Yeah, the Genie is the fictional Genie appearing. Oh, spelled J I 
N-N-I as the description of Genie normal spelling. And then is a fictional Genie. This is a Disney product. So, hey, uh, go check out Aladdin right now. Underrated. What's that? Underrated. I thought you were going to say overrated. No, 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 no. I love Aladdin. Aladdin's good. Maybe my favorite of the old ones. You know what's funny is that was a new one to me. I don't know. What year did you say it came out? What do we got? 92? Mm, Yeah, it was four. Aladdin blew up. We were playing the video game on the Genesis. You played that. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a great game. A lot of left to right games back in the day before before things got more complicated. All right, I think we've covered it all. Uh, I will check in after Vegas, and then I think I'm maybe I shouldn't say if, but I think I'll be around Espy's week, and I may be doing something for it. So uh, I'm not 100 percent sure yet, but if I do, and then I don't know. Um, we'll have some vacation planned at some point. All right, uh, enjoy the rest of the World Cup. You're home for World Cup right here, the Rosillo Show podcast.